This week on the Sport Blokes. This week, a very special episode with Woody and Robbie from the Throwback Hoops podcast. We talk everything from old school NBL to present day NBA, and Woody tells me that I've been saying Cubbity wrong this whole bloody time. <laughs> That's my favourite bit of the whole episode. Oh boy, lots of fun. Let's go. It's 9.28 on Tuesday, the 8th of March, 2022. And look, just a real quick intro here because we've got a wonderful interview this week, don't we, Stewie? But welcome to you wherever you might be, whether you be a long-term listener, someone who stumbled upon us, or indeed a Throwback Hoops fan who's joined us to hear our chat. We had a lot of fun, didn't we? We did. It was a, it was a really, really great opportunity to have a chat with like-minded individuals. And there's, yeah, there's a, a good little community of us starting to grow across Australia. And it's something that I think we're all really, really happy to have. It's a great community. I'm glad you said that because it's a wonderful community of basketball, particularly NBL podcasters, when really people could cynically look at each other as the enemy or as competition. Mm. But for the most part, people seem to really embrace one another, which is really great because I don't know if you've noticed, but there seems to be this new trend in ads for podcasts where they say, press pause and go and check out ours. It's like, really? So you're advertising on someone else's podcast, telling them to stop listening to that. I wouldn't listen to a podcast that tells me to stop listening to the one I'm listening to out of spite. Nope. But anyway, so yeah, so great community. Uh, We wanted to kind of, I guess, briefly reflect really quickly on the last few days. Obviously, the warning news happened and it's, it's it's really weird to think about. But when we were having a chat with Robbie and Woody, we were talking about people that had passed in the NBA and we said, rest in peace and being completely unaware that somewhere along the line in that interview, Warney drew his last breath. So it was, it was quite a difficult night for us. And, and obviously we released that clip that was incredibly raw. Uh, at that point, we'd what maybe known for five minutes, the news had been out for maybe 10 or so, but we'd only known for maybe five minutes and we're like, Oh, what do we do? Like, I guess initially we were kind of in shock and then we're like, well, we're near a microphone, so let's just get in front of it and record. So see what comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wasn't super articulate. Um, Obviously, it was very raw for me and and no sporting person has ever captured my imagination quite like Warney. And we'll talk about him more next week. But I should also mention as well, obviously, I was very flustered at the time. Uh, My girlfriend sent me a message about Warney and then when she didn't, get a response from me she called so that's why we had that break and that's why I love it so much because she knew how much Warney meant to me I'm so glad I got to meet him a couple of times we'll share those stories next time we've shared them before but we'll share them again um but yeah wanted to kind of just mention that as well my wife was asleep well a lot of a lot of people were a lot of people woke for the news so... don't defend her <laughs> we just thought that we'd leave that clip freestanding uh, we won't attach it to this episode. It was a fun episode and we're so glad to have met them. So please also check out their episode as well. Unfortunately, the video wasn't great when we were on their show. Yeah, uh, we, I, I look better in soft focus anyway. Well, we, we suffered from the WA lag, unfortunately. Yeah all, the, yeah. all the good internet goes to Sydney and we get what's left. Yes, indeed. Yes. So, so uh, yeah, look, I've got a face for radio anyway, but please do check out their show as well after you've listened to this one. I just wish I, I talked about David Robinson being one of only six guys to have a 70-point game and one of only four guys to have a quadruple-double. I don't know why I missed that when I showed my jersey. Because but... you were too busy standing up, showing off your ass. That's what it was. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> and I won't have you sit here and badmouth yourself, Nathan. You're a very handsome man, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're Stop. too kind. You're too kind. But I definitely hope everyone enjoys this. Woody and Robbie, the guys that have more than a thousand jerseys. Oh, it's not Talk everything throwbacks. Our kind of guys. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. So we hope you do too. Sit back, relax and enjoy. It's 7.39 on Friday, the 4th of March and 10.39 Eastern. Now, the reason I say that is because we're fresh off recording for their show. We're absolutely delighted to have our next guest on. I first came across their podcast in their very early days. I think they'd only released an episode or two. But with a strong focus on throwback jerseys and basketball cards, I knew it'd be right up your alley, Stewie. And we've built a nice little friendship with them over the months. Not only do they get the big guests, well, until they had us, but they're both great guys who seemingly have an encyclopedic knowledge of the NBA circa 1990s. A very, very special welcome to the Throwback Hoops own Woody and Robbie. G'day, lads. Great to have you on. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to be here, guys, to chop it up with you, man. Woody G in the house. Yeah, boys, absolute pleasure as well. Yeah, really looking forward to do this. Cool. So we'll, uh, we've got a few questions. I mean, we want to give our listeners a bit of a chance to get to know you guys a bit better and kind of find out, uh, I suppose, yeah, a little bit more about your show and, and who you guys are. So we, we kind of wanted to start off a little bit with just the simple question. How did you both get into basketball? 
All right, so I'll start off with this. So, look, I guess I sort of got into basketball just through my older brother, who was five years older at the time. He just sort of started um, playing it in high school. So I think it was about 1984 for me. I sort of uh, started playing and following the game. Um, and, look, I guess at that same time, I did become a fan of my hometown Wildcats. Um, so, look, that was pretty much their you know, second year, I think, actually in the NBL as such. So, yeah, sort of had that just massive love for the Wildcats since then. Um, I guess in terms of sort of how I got into the NBA, that was probably around a similar time around 84 85 um i remember playing um basketball i grew up in perth so playing basketball at the ray owen stadium in Kalamunda. there um they actually had a poster for brooks shoes um featuring dominique back in those sort of mid 80s sort of times there and just yeah love dominique's flat top and that cool looking hawks jersey and everything like that so yeah basically went for the for the atlanta hawks since that time there so that's probably my sort of uh my early memories of that i guess but um so would they yeah, have been the west state wildcats back then robbie so they would just become the Wildcats. I think 83 was when they first became the, the Wildcats there. So it was very sort of early days. And, right. and um, look, we were going to sort of those games as well, which was you know, pretty interesting in those sort of early days of the Wildcats. Um, you know, my parents were sort of being, you know, uh, being British. They'd only been in Australia for about five years. So they had no idea about the game. Um, <laughs> we'd go to the game and my brother and I would sort of be teaching them the rules on the fly and everything like that. So, yeah. And then basically sort of, I guess, watching all those Friday night games that they used to have on ABC back in the day, you know, we'd get the NCAA games, we'd get that one NBA game per week, and that was kind of the only way you, can, you could consume the game back in the day. That would have been amazing as well. The mid-'80s being that real sort of run-and-gun, high-scoring. I immediately think of guys like Alex English and Adrian Dantley and those those real high-scoring sort of games. 100%. Yeah, that coverage is funny. I don't know if you guys sort of remember that, but, yeah, they'd sort of start at like 11 o'clock on a Friday night. It was all way too late, and that'd be – I think it was Peter G that was hosting it back in the day. But, yeah, you would get sort of a real good mix of teams back in the day. It wasn't like you just get, you know, the Lakers every week and that. But oh. you're right, a lot of high-scoring sort of, you know, run up and down the, the court in those sort of – uh, days anyway. I only remember the uh, Don Lane hosting on ABC the NCAA stuff. I don't remember any other basketball other than NCAA yeah, on. That was a little bit after Peter G. Yeah, yeah so Stewie and I probably got around the same time, 92-ish, which may be the same time for you, Woody. Yeah, look, I mean, I moved to Australia uh, in 1989, Nate, and I moved to a place called Beecroft, uh, a predominantly white community. And I struggled to make friends, man. You know what I'm saying? So uh, my, my brother... And, and my dad and, and my family, we, we got into basketball and it was a really nice way for me to break down barriers um, and meet people and make friends. So for me, coming to, to this community and in Sydney and, and meeting new people, basketball is a big part of uh, allowing me to you know, assimilate into the community. And uh, I was probably the only you know, Indian guy in the whole of Beecroft in 1989. So for me, um, I owe a lot to the game of, of basketball because it allowed me to you know, break down barriers and make new friends. And so I, 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 owe, I, I owe a lot to the game. Let's say That's that. That's awesome. Right? That, that is awesome because that was one of the things when we were sort of wanting to talk to you about this sort of stuff. The very first thought I had, obviously knowing that you had that Indian background and you know, growing up in India, obviously, I mean, I know you sort of said you moved out here quite young, but obviously the big focus is on things like the cricket. I mean, there's other sports that are prominent over there. I mean, field hockey, they're phenomenal at, and there's Kabaddi, which I always always talk about on our show because I I frigging love the stuff. (laughs) But it is interesting because obviously it's a, you know, this is the sort of thing that we love about basketball is that it it breaks down barriers culturally and and socially. So yeah, it's it's an amazing story. How'd you get into your teams, Woods? Uh, yeah, sure. And Stu, it's comedy. It's not kabaddi, all right? Oh, sorry, so. Mama. I'm Australian. Let me mispronounce uh, everything. I'm it wrong this whole time. <laughs> what a fan. Nah, nah, nah. To, to be fair, my dad, uh, he worked in, in the USA. And um, so he'd go over there and he'd um, bring back packs of basketball cards for me and... Um, you know, we'd, we'd open them up together, much like we did on our show. People who haven't watched our show yet, the sport blokes are on our, our most recent episode of Throwback Hoops. We open up a pack of cards on every, every episode. But that's what me and my dad used to do. We used to open up packs of cards and put them nicely into the folders, into the sleeves, and, and look at the back of the cards and, and learn about the players. And as Robbie alluded to, you didn't get many games back in the day, right? So whatever games we got, we'd take that in, content in, and and it, it kind of felt like all the Australian guys and 
thought I was cool because, you know, I knew, knew a little bit about the game of basketball. So it allowed me to make friendships and um, build relationships with people. And I was kind of like the cool guy who knew a little bit about basketball. So you know, it was good for me. So, yeah. That's a beautiful story. I'm like almost tearing up here. That's such a, that's such a great story, man. I love that. Thank you. One Appreciate of the great it. things about sport, isn't it, is that it really does break down barriers and fantastic. It does. Right, I Nate, guess right, Nate. The next obvious question is to throw back to you, the question you asked us when we were on your show very recently. So how did you get into your podcast? Where did that come about? Um, well, I guess um, Robbie and me, we've been friends for a couple of decades, 20 years. And I mean, we've been actually talking about this for years because Robbie, I mean, Robbie, you can speak on this after I, I, I do, but you know, we're big fans that listen to basketball pod, podcasts. And um, I think the pandemic hit and I started promoting my content on TikTok. And for all of, all of you that don't know, um, me and Robbie have well over a thousand basketball jerseys, right? So I thought, um, let's get on TikTok and promote these jerseys. And I, and I wanted to do that about six months before we launched our podcast so that we could garner a good following, you know, um, people that would listen to our podcast after the fact and I told Robbie I've started this this thing on TikTok where I'm promoting my jerseys and um yeah we're gonna launch a podcast in about six months and um be ready homie right I think the pandemic probably helped as well didn't it you know we had that little bit sort of extra free time you know we had been talking about it for, for a long time like Woody said and yeah I guess just trying to sort of you know just talk about the game we love so much and you know sort of meeting new people and obviously we thought we'd make things a little bit different with sort of having that throwback sort of you know jersey type element involved and you know I like you know showing off a bobblehead if I've got it at that player you know I'm wearing a jersey and stuff so yeah just to sort of and I think like you guys alluded to you know as well it's just you know it's it's just something to i guess put all your, your interest in and do something you enjoy a sort of a, a positive sort of hobby i guess there a couple of things for, for me to take away from that firstly i've got about 30 jerseys and my wife gives me grief about that every day so hearing <laughs> the numbers you had just it blew me away that that someone could possibly have anything near like a 500 a piece i mean as was it 500 and 600 you've got sort of each that is just it's amazing how many you've got hey really. stewie you know what's even more ridiculous with mine is every one of mine is on a hanger as well so you can imagine how much money i spent on hangers over the years every single one jesus yeah that's amazing that, that is yeah that is absolutely crazy and the other question i had rob is who don't you have a bobblehead of it's interesting actually I've got it's funny sort of obviously a lot of the guys that I got those jerseys for that were players I liked I just sort of ended up getting bobbleheads um I think with the bobbleheads it's a bit of a hard one to get now you know the exchange rate is so bad and the, the postage and GST costs and everything from the US but when I was getting those you know the exchange rate was really good and it was a lot easier to sort of get those things so a lot of those bobbleheads in particular are, you know those stadium giveaway type ones so they were never you know, for sale in shops or anything else like that. They might have, you know, given them out to the first 5,000 people that went to a game or something like that. So there's some pretty cool ones in there. I'll have to, you know, I'll certainly be sort of showcasing as many of them as I can anyway. Now, Nathan Stu, when you guys eventually come down to Sydney, we've got to take you to Robbie Clayton's house, right? It's an absolute shrine. He's Sounds got like, like a museum. Yeah. It is It is a museum. You, you it's walk a into like his that. living room. It's, it's quite amusing. Yeah. You walk into his living room and it's just ridiculous. And you guys would just eat it all up. So uh, I'm looking forward to having you guys uh, here in Sydney so you can check out uh, RC's place, man. So it's, it's pretty dope. Oh, yeah, can't, can't wait. I'm actually interested to know, though, from both of you. So I'll start with Robbie because obviously he's got the, the bobbleheads as well. Most random bobblehead. And then for each of you, what, what do you think is your most random jersey you've got? A good one there. So bobbleheads. I mean, I got a lot of sort of Atlanta Hawks ones. So pretty much any time they have one of them. So, oh, it's got to be one of those Hawks ones. Maybe uh, Salim Stoudemire. Oh, okay. One. Yeah. Arizona going back a little bit. I loved watching um, him in college. He was yeah. awesome. He was a bit of a microwave, wasn't he? That he guy. Was. So he never he was just a little bit undersized, I think. Loved him, man. Loved enough. him. But look, in terms of jerseys, um, I've got my one of my favorite rare Atlanta Hawks one is a Dan Dickow jersey that I've got, the the sort of white point guard with the, the frizzy hair that played back in the day. Yep. Um, in terms of some of the other NBA jerseys, ooh, I mean I don't know, there's some really random ones like, you know, Bison Daylay and um, I tried to sort of, 
Indeed. Yeah, definitely. Rest in peace to him. And I tried to sort of, I guess, get jerseys of sort of a lot of those um, Aussie players that played in the NBA. So, you know, we were speaking about it sort of offline, but, you know, players like, um, you know, Bearstow for the for the Bulls and, and some of the sort of the Aussies. Hey, Robbie, we've, we've both got Paddy Mills, uh, Portland Trailblazers. Portland jerseys. Paddy Mills. That's pretty oh, random yeah, right yeah, now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's got that yeah. yeah, nah, but it's it's definitely sort of been fun sort of acquiring. I've definitely sort of um, very much slipped off, you know, with sort of collecting things just to, due to funds and everything over the years. But it was it's sort of fun, and I'll always sort of you know have this collection going. Um, I'm just trying to think of a few more random ones. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I, you know I mentioned earlier. I've got a to, to you guys. I've got a Drew Gooden you know, Cleveland Cavs. I've got a, a tractor trailer jersey. Um, wow, there's another rest in pace talking? as well. Yeah, that's true. right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Jason Thompson, Oliver Miller. Um, yeah, yeah. Oliver Miller, um, who could only dunk if a cheeseburger were on the rim, according to Charles Barkley. That's, that's right. He Is that the Phoenix the or the, the Toronto the one? Uh, I've got the Phoenix one of those. Yep. So, yeah, luckily it's not his actual um, actual jersey because we could probably all figure that. The intent, yeah. That's it. But, yeah, that's probably some of my more random ones. And Earl Boykins, Cleveland Cav one. Oh, yeah, I loved Earl Boykins. Yeah, pretty cool. Very, ones handy like that. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Woods, who you got? Um, I don't know. I'm talking about a Nazi Muhammad. Uh, yeah, nice. Pistons jersey. I got a Steve Blake Lakers jersey. I got a David Nawaba Bulls jersey. Uh, Marquis Daniel Celtics jersey. Uh, man, yeah. Suranus Marshallonis. Oh, very nice. That's Golden State, uh, yeah. Golden Golden State jersey. Yep. Yeah, so nice got nice. some pretty cool ones. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Say, I'm guessing it wasn't the Seattle Supersonics Sarunas. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it, was a, it was a Golden State one. Nice. Um, so yeah. So I guess in that vein, obviously you guys talk about cards and you open up it's a really it's a great segment you guys have a really unique show and we would really encourage our listeners to go and check your show out if they haven't already but what was the the first set of cards you guys ever collected give it to the old dog robbie jeez thanks um well for me it was um we went on holiday like a family holiday in 1989 um and sort of really didn't even really know about basketball cards back then i'd sort of collected the odd vfl cards sort of back in the day but we went to a sports shop and they they had a these you know box at the counter sort of thing of these Fleer 1988-89 uh, cards. So got a few of those and I think we ended up sort of getting some, going back to the hotel and loving them, making mum and dad take us back to this same shopping mall. We pretty much ended up buying every packet was in that box that they had in that shop there. So um, yeah. and look, that was that old Fleer set was um, you know Scotty Pippen's rookie card and there was sort of you know Reggie Miller and a few other sort of ones like that. So. I actually ended up selling a lot of those cards probably at the you know the height of the card boom in the late nineties, um, including including my mate Scotty Pippen's rookie card, who I've never Your mate. A, a lot of time for there. But um, yeah, I guess that was probably that first set there. And look, I, I probably continued the hobby for a good you know fifteen years before I sort of dropped off. I found there was just you know too many brands coming on the market. And it was getting a little bit hard to collect. But I ended up sticking just with collecting Dominic Wilkins cards. So I've got a lot of Dominic Wilkins cards. At one stage, it was only maybe three or four of his cards that I didn't have. But I think over the last few years, I have brought out a few more. So it's probably going to be hard to sort of keep up with some of these autograph ones they're getting and everything now. But yeah, that's probably my sort of story with the cards anyway. The boxes, just quickly, Woody, before we, we let you go, the, uh, yep. the, the the cost of the boxes, that's one thing I've noticed. I mean, back in the day, and I know obviously exchange rates and all and inflation and all that sort of stuff, but you never had to worry about patches and autograph cards, which obviously push the, the price of these boxes up. And you can't really yeah. get anything nowadays for less than a couple of hundred bucks a box. So it's it, almost it like people aren't tough. interested if, unless there's like something with the chance of getting an autograph or something like that, people aren't as interested. I mean, I've sort of been collecting those, you know, the Panini sort of sticker ones they do each year. Yep. Um, and look, there's no value at all in those ones. I've just been collecting those with my daughter and, you know, we get the album and stick them in and everything like that. But obviously you're not sort of getting anything with value there, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's changed a lot, the hobby over the years, certainly. What's about yourself, man? Yes. I mentioned earlier about um, my father, um, and he would work in America maybe six, seven months a year, and he'd come back and he'd bring packs of cards back. And he'd bring those 1991 hoops. You guys remember the ones with the silver background, right? Yeah, man. It's yes, the yeah. first ones I collected as well. Yeah, and, and nice. Liam Santa Maria was on our show not so long ago, and he talked about how nostalgic that 1991 uh, hoops uh, collection was. So, I mean, that's what takes me back, man. So the, the, those were the first set, and um, yeah, I mean... Guys like Kelly Tripuka and um, Ronnie Cycli, who who we sp- spoke about on our show, I just they're just like um, nostalgic memories in time, man. So 
It was the 1991 hoops for me, man. And, and, and the pack that you opened on our show as well, Stewie, um, the Skybox original. Um, I remember those as well vividly. But, yeah, I think the 1991 hoops were the ones for me. What I loved about those hoops, uh, those ones in particular, was they had the All-Stars right at the start of the set. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I was, yeah, that's a great set, man. Yeah, as I say, that's what I was a dollar a pack. I used to get them from a, a place called Games World every single week. I'd go to the shops, get another pack. That yeah. was the Detroit Pistons <laughs> year, wasn't it? I think there was a card in that set of them, you know, holding up the, the championship um, trophy or something like that. I think if I, yeah, I there was. Yeah, they, they highlighted yeah. each individual game. There was the, the Vinnie Johnson right. shot to, yeah. to seal it in yeah. game five. So you guys have kind of alluded to this already, um, talking about collecting and that sort of thing. And and I wanted to go back, Robbie, just briefly as well. So I was talking about this with a friend the other day, like, that, oh, I really want to get into NFL, but I just don't know what team to pick. And, and I said, like, sometimes the team picks you. Like, I actually feel like <laughs> as far as my NFL team, I feel like the Colts picked me. Telling your story about seeing that poster of Dominique, do you feel like the Hawks picked you and you didn't pick the Hawks? Because obviously the Bulls were big, the Lakers were big. Like, yeah, they're all these. Oh, I guess the Bulls could have been any other team poster, couldn't it? You know, and I could have been set down that path of going for that team. It's it's funny how things work out like that. Absolutely. Yeah, imagine if it was the Knicks (laughs) (laughs) or the Clippers or something like that. Yeah. 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 Imagine imagine if it was like a Wayman Tisdale poster or something. That would have been horrific. Well, how's or, a Danny, or a Danny Manning poster, right? Oh, <laughs> I like Danny Manning as much as I like Scotty Pippen, by the way. So, yeah. for, for people who don't know, that's not a lot. So speaking of those crappy teams, how's this for the Sacramento Kings, right? So their loss yesterday, guaranteed they would have yet another losing season. Rick Edelman as coach of the Sacramento Kings, eight playoff performances in eight years. Everyone else's coach, zero in 29 years. Feel sorry for Sacramento fans. How's that that's, for a step? That's not, that's not great, is it? That's not good at all, is it? <laughs> Guys, just, just sticking with the nostalgic side of things, I did want to just ask the question. So obviously we kind of have an idea who the, the your favourite NBA players are going to be, but did you have any other guys that you idolised? And obviously NBL as well. I mean, for you, know, for you Robbie, growing up in Perth, there'd be Wildcats players. Woods, I'm guessing you've been a Kings fan the entire time. Yeah. Are there any guys that you maybe enjoyed that weren't, on your team? Like who, who did you sort of grow up enjoying watching? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll take it away. I mean, look, obviously, you know, in terms of those NBL players, I mean, look, all of those Wildcats teams that, you know, the run and stun sort of teams. I love JC, you know, Tiny Pinder, Watto, TT, and all those sort of guys in those early days. Um, then sort of Ricky Grace, you know, Scott Fisher and Vlahov after that. But look, in terms of sort of players from uh, teams that weren't my own, um, certainly, you know, Andrew Gaze, as probably as most people would have. Um, Dave Colbert was another big one. Probably my yeah. absolute most favourite player that was a non-Wildcat was Andrew Parkinson back in the day. Oh, so, Parkinson. Ah, the magic. The guy. The look, I've got a bit of a story about Parky because I know we sort of, you know, talked about the card theme and everything before. But um, I was one of those kids that used to go to games and I had no shame, you know, I would just go up to anyone and ask for anything. I was one of those sort of people. So as I said, a big fan of Parky, I had his Futura um, card. I was probably, oh, what I've been, maybe you know, 14, 15, something like that. So I took his card along to the Kingdom when the Magic were here and um, went straight up to Parky before the game. He signed it, you know, shook my hand. I was absolutely in awe sort of thing. Great, great feeling. Um, got back and sort of realised over the course of the night, the, the signature was fading and fading. So I actually didn't have one of those fancy Sharpie pens or whatever it was some sort of you know marker type thing it just got smudged a little bit and basically was starting to to lift the autograph off so anyway as I got home at the end of the night sort of took the card out of my pocket and the autograph had completely gone from the card so while I had a story to tell about getting the autograph I didn't have an autograph card there so invisible ink story that's right that's it (laughs) I wish I had that sharpie then what's who who were the guys that you loved growing up I believe I've heard you talk about the uh, Razorbacks as well in on your show a few times, Woody. Yeah, to be to be fair, I mean, I was a Kings fan growing up, but you know, I'm from the western suburbs suburbs of Sydney, right? And um, you know, a lot of the ethnic community we came from out here. So when the Razorbacks came into town, I kind of changed allegiances, let's say, right? Uh, Donnell Donnell Hinson was one of my guys. You know, Troy DeVries, all those guys, you know, and even the early days of Damian Martin, man, he was there at West Sydney, right? With, with Rob, Rob Bev- Beveridge, Maddie Knight, you know, I mean, that was dope. But t- to be fair, like, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, man, I grew up as, a, as an MJ fan, yeah? Um, and I loved MJ, man, like, and, and, but I always kept an evil eye on, 
on all those those Hawks guys, Kevin Willis, uh, you know, Mookie Blaylock, Doc Rivers, and Dominique was someone that I really loved. And then and then when Jordan left in in '98, I changed allegiances from the Bulls to the Hawks. But if you talk about NBL, man, I'm a point guard, right? So Andre Lafleur from from the Gold Coast Rollers, man, someone I really looked up to. Mario Donaldson, and you know that's one of my favorite jerseys, Robbie. My, Mario. my Mario, Don- Mario Dwayne Donaldson, and, and yeah, Dwayne McLean, um, Tim Morrissey, um, you know Tony D'Ambrosi. These are the guys that I really like looked up to, man, gr- growing up. So for me, um, I'm a Kings fan now, and if, but if the Razorbacks were still in the competition, I'd be I'd be supporting the Western suburb suburbs of Sydney, you know. So yeah. Interestingly, no mention of Ernest Zigamazabo. Yeah, no, no mention. Man. Michael Kingma. Back in the yeah. Michael oh, Kingma. Kingma. Oh, Michael <laughs> Kingma. We once tried to create a character on um, <laughs> one of those video games to look like Michael Kingma, do you remember? Oh, the, yeah, the, the, <laughs> nice. the Neanderthal sort of look, yeah. He was a Wookiee in one of the Star Wars movies too, <laughs> he, wasn't he? <laughs> he would have been. Wookiee of the year. He was. I was also going to say, <laughs> Chiki Yaya Dia as well. He was another one that I enjoyed. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, hell, yes, yeah. Yeah. hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Loved watching him play. He was good. good. But Rucker Chris really, Williams. Oh, they Chris, good Chris, Chris Williams, man. Chris right? Williams is a yep. beast. Oh, my God. We've had out here. Yep. I mean, Sydney Sea Kings. Hey, shout out to you, Sydney. Sydney the other day, he's like, yo, Woods, man, you think Jalen Adams is better than Chris Williams? I'm like, yo, man, I doubt it, man. I doubt it, right? You talk about, you know, one-year wonders. And I, I think, Stewie, you, you hit me up the other day talking about Doug Overton. Yeah, man. You know? You know, and um, Chris Williams, and there's somebody a lot of one-year one wonders that came here for a year, yeah, did their we, thing, and le- left the league, right? So, as Wildcats <laughs> fans, we know it too well, Woody. Oh, yeah. Old ways. Yeah. So, Chris <laughs> Williams is right up there, man. So, much love to him. Yeah. So, guys, we, we always love talking to people on our show about their favorite sort of things. And there's a couple of things we wanted to, to quickly ask you about. So, the first one, tell us a little bit about your favorite sports movies and sports music. My favorite movie of all time is uh, Rebound. You know the the story of the goat. All the goat, Don Bingo, yeah. Cheadle, man. Uh, and you talk about songs. Um, you know Marvin Gaye with um, on the, on that album, man. Like yo, that's the best the best sports movie I've ever seen is is that Rebound, Legend of the Goat. But you talk about the best songs ever. He got game. Yeah. yeah. He got game, <laughs> yo, and that album, man. And, and we talked about this yesterday offline, Stewie. Um, it, it's one of the, the greatest albums ever, man. He got game, Public Enemy, yep. uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth, Ray Allen, Denzel yeah, Washington. Man. Yeah, that was that was a Denzel a, Washington, superb. Yeah. That was my that's funnily enough, when we spoke about this ourselves, that was my favorite as well. That whole soundtrack, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And the song is Inner City Blues, man, of Rebound, Earl, the, the Gert Manigault, uh, the movie Rebound with, with Don Cheadle, Inner City Blues by Marvin Gaye, man. Yeah. That, that's a real tragic story as well, that one. I mean, obviously, for anyone who's seen it, they'll, they'll remember that Earl the Gert Manigault was this guy. I don't know if he was maybe like 6'5", and he could take quarters off the top of a backboard because of his ridiculous oh, vertical yeah, leap. Yeah. He was 6'1". He was 6'1". 6'1". Was that, geez, was that so, okay, <laughs> there you go. That's oh, even, wow. even more impressive. And then unfortunately, he he ran into this world of heroin and it just completely derailed him. And if anyone ain't seen the movie, man, Eric LaSalle directs it from ER, um, Rebound, Legend of the Goat. It's probably the most little known basketball movie of all time. Uh, Find a copy of it. Actually, you can you can watch it on YouTube. So go watch it. Rebound. Ah, okay. Legend of the Goat. Yeah. Slightly better than Celtic Pride. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely better. Definitely better. Yeah. yeah, look, I guess for me, it would be a lot of those sort of old basketball movies from the 90s. You know, some of the, the old basketball classics. We're talking Blue Chips, um, White Men Can't Jump. Um, Above the Rim was definitely one of my... Um, one of my favorites there, and absolutely love the soundtrack off that. You know, when that's pain, sort of baby, pain, yeah, pain. Yeah, there's so many good, you know, pucks on that one. And far, I remember yeah. I had that soundtrack in my car back in the 90s, and just I forget if it was a cassette or a CD, but I just used to just play it from start to end all the time. That soundtrack from above the rim. Um, so yeah, probably a lot of those sort of uh, classics back in the day, but um, even blue chips, you know, I sort of watched that fairly recently, sort of thing. It still holds up pretty well. It's pretty, pretty funny to see that and see some of the, the names in that movie when they were young. I love Nick Nolte and Blue Chips. 
when, when he kicks the ball, no? That's yeah, as a coach, yeah, scenes. like the angry coach, yeah, Bobby Knight <laughs> stars, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, that, yeah. that cost Chris Webber a spot at the Orlando Magic, that movie. Interesting. Yeah, that's right. I remember the yeah, because Shaq and Penny got to kind of bond over that, and apparently mm-hmm. he pushed them towards drafting drafting Webber, but then trading him for Hardaway. It's so funny, the stories, yeah. We've got to talk about the most important thing in the NBA right now. There is no issue that comes even close. Are you playing Pirtle? Do you know what I'm um, talking about? I, I, I do. We, I we, we know what you're talking I about. We know what you're talking about. But I, I have heard about it. I probably need to get onto it soon, but not as you. I've been playing a little bit, man. You know, and I think like I'm okay, man. But you, you guys were just on our show, you know, recently, right? And I think the man that needs to play Pirtle, who is he? Master Robbie Clayton. Oh yeah. Well, I think I might be in your boat, Robbie. I reckon I'd go better if it was like circa 1990s than than today. Actually, funnily enough. I even enjoy just going on that basketball reference homepage every day where they have the pictures, you know, and you sort of try and guess who the player is and you hover oh, the silhouette. mouse over them and see. That's always fun doing that. Like, you know, you see some players you just haven't thought about for a long time or even heard of, you know, for that matter. Mm. They do do some random ones. I think a couple of days ago it was like Zeke Naji. So <laughs> there's a lot of people that maybe haven't heard of, uh, of his exploits for the, for the Nuggets. So That's it. You <laughs> click on it and you can find out. It's a good way to sort of learn. Yeah, well, that's right. Guys. It is. Exactly. Sydney C. King just texted me and he's like, yo, man, you and Robbie need to play Poodle on your show live, man. So, <laughs> there you go. Know, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah good so idea. Maybe, maybe you guys need to do that too. So, yeah. <laughs> Could do that. That would be tough. Anyway, obviously I was being silly there. Stewie's got the real question. Yes. <laughs> so, obviously, yeah, the NBA trade deadline has just passed, a, what was it, a few weeks ago. You guys discussed the Ben Simmons, James Harden trade a little bit with Jaden when you had him on your show a few weeks back. By the way, massive props to him for hanging up all those nets around Melbourne in that scorching heat. (laughs) Yeah, word up, word up, word up. (laughs) Commitment to the cause. Mad love to Jaden Oakley. Shout out, man. Absolutely. But we kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the deadline more broadly. You know, maybe if you think there's any teams that won or any particular trades that really sort of caught your eye. So I think like... And Stewie, I talked to you about this earlier today, man. I'm talking about the Celtics, man. They're playing well, right? They are absolutely dominant right now. Oh, yeah. I think a, a guy like Derek White, I mean, he learned a lot in that Spurs system, right? You know, how to do the right thing, make the right decisions. And he's a great addition to, to that Celtics roster. Uh, so I'm a big fan of what the Celtics are doing. And there was a lot of haters and people at the start of the season that were saying, like, Boston are struggling under Udoka or whatever, but I mean, they're doing all right. Yeah, absolutely. First time coach. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, you've got to play the games and, and don't split up those stars at all. They're the Sydney yeah. Kings of the NBA right now, really. And Marcus Smart's looking good too, all of a sudden. Yeah. I was saying that to you as well today, Stewie, man. Smart found an extra fire, man, you know, and oh, um, that pass today that it thread the needle. My God. What do you have? 13, 14 assists today, man. He's, he's playing playing out of his mind man you know and like even a guy like grant grant williams is that his name yeah time lord yeah yeah no, another guy Robert that Shaq williams. said he didn't uh, grant know who williams. he was the three grant, no, grant williams man he's playing the great off guy. the yeah oh, i'm thinking of robert williams sorry my bad we know the time lord man we love yeah. the time lord my bad that ain't no doubt they don't i'm talking about grant williams he's yeah, playing yeah. great off the bench giving him some energy um and yeah and and, and who, who's back man vanilla tice He's back, right? <laughs> Vanilla Tice. He's back. Vanilla Tice is oh, back. So no, I'm, I'm, I think the Celtics are looking good and uh, and 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 the addition of uh, Derek White is going to do well for them. And even a guy like Serge Ibaka. I mean, I want to hear your, your guys' thoughts on uh, um, Brook Lopez. Is he, is he going to come back? Probably not this season, I wouldn't have thought, but... No. So it's... an addition of a guy like Serge Ibaka is going to be good for, for the Bucs, yeah? Yeah, well, I mean, he's a guy that obviously has a lot of experience. He's played in finals teams with the Thunder. He's got a lot of uh, a lot of playoff experience as well. So any sort of time you get those guys who can really stretch the floor. And hey, he's been a decent three-point shooter. He obviously was uh, was with the Raptors as well during their their finals campaign as well. So, I mean, like he's a good player. He's getting on. I don't think you'll get a lot out of him. But even if you nah. get 10 good minutes of playoff ball out of him, I think you'll take that. Yeah, no. Nah. Veteran experience, a guy can block shots and rebound off the bench. Milwaukee's going to benefit from his presence, right? Hmm. I've, I've got a crazy Derek White one for you, Woody. You mentioned him. The yep. uh, Sorry to bring this up, but the Atlanta Hawks lost to him on back-to-back games, first with the Spurs, then he got traded, and then the very next game with Boston. 
Not good being beaten by the forward two games in a row. That doesn't seem like fun, <laughs> <is it? laughs> Oh, I love it. Love it. Robbie, any uh, any trades that really jumped out at you? Yeah, look, it's probably not one that's going to really move the, the the needle, I guess, too much in the you know the championship stakes. But I really like the the trade that the the Pelicans made there, getting CJ McCollum. Um, that, look, they've they seem like a really rejuvenated team, sort of getting him there. And I don't know, I just like the mix they've got there. They didn't really give up any of their their main players to get him. It was just a, a lot of sort of you know change and you know obviously a first round draft pick there. So look, I, you know, I know they're sort of still in that play and sort of um, spot at the moment, but they could definitely move up and get a bit of momentum there. So I think that was probably a little bit of a sneaky trade that maybe people didn't talk about enough um, that the Pelicans trade there. Um, look, I agree, obviously, that, you know, Boston really shored up their team well. Um, you know, a couple of other teams made some minor moves. Trade losers, I'll probably say it's the Lakers for not for not sort of, you know, really doing anything to, to shore up the team. But anyway, I think every podcast probably talks way too much about the Lakers, so we probably don't need to do that. But um, yeah, that's probably where I stand on those teams. The, the Pels did give up your boy Woods. They gave up Didi Lazada. Oh, jeez, what a, that's a, such a bad move, isn't it? <laughs> How like, is that guy in the NBA series? Uh, Robbie's been tripping about this man. Like, Stewie, how, how the guy got an NBA contract. And they signed him, what, for three, four years, Robbie? It just shocks me. We, I mean, we saw so many of those Kings games, Woods, and, like, we, we were both so surprised, right? He obviously showed a little bit here and there, but, I mean, he was just – he never really impressed me with the Kings. I'm with you, mate, 100%. I never saw it, ever. I was yeah. surprised. Yep, never saw it. I yes. do like that Pels trade though, just quickly. And that, that very much seems like a for the future sort of trade. I mean, they'll probably end mm-hmm. up getting into the playing game this season, but if they can ever somehow figure out how to get Zion back on the floor, putting CJ on that same team with Brandon Ingram and a few of these other guys, I mean, it's, it's a decent looking lineup. There's some quality players there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Don't hate on DD man. Like he's got potential. He's got talent. It's just he never realized that at the Sydney Kings. And I just thought it was a bit early for him to get that opportunity in the NBA, right? Yeah. Um, I hey, would you stick up for him. anyone that played for the Kings, though, mate? Jeez, you probably yeah. reckon Jesse Sanders should be in the NBA or something. So. <laughs> you know I love the Colonel. You know I love the Colonel. <laughs> the there, Worst yeah. of whatever. <laughs> whatever. But you gave us a perfect segue to our real question. This was just a Trojan horse to talk about the issues with player empowerment issues at the moment. So you mentioned Zion, Robbie. Unfortunately, apparently, CJ didn't even hear from him in the first week, maybe more when he was mm-hmm. traded, like far out, that's you'd think that he'd be on the phone straight away saying, come on down, we can't wait to have you. And what a start CJ's had as well. Yeah, come, come have some wings. Yeah, well, <laughs> It was very strategic by CJ as well, wasn't it? I mean, he clearly knew by calling out Zion you oh, know, and he the had All-Star to game with out. all that press around. It was great. Yep. You know, it was very bit of a veteran move. There wasn't any aggression there, but he, he just sort of did it. And it was, it was an honest answer, but it obviously was one that sort of people have spoken about there. But um, yeah, look, I mean, the players are really sort of running things these days, aren't they? It sort of seems to be getting a little bit worse and worse every year in that regard. It's... You know, for us old school fans, it's a little bit frustrating to see, I guess, isn't it? And obviously Ben Simmons and and James Harden were traded for each other. And they're two of the bigger divas in the league as well. It's uh, it's concerning the direction it's heading in a little bit, isn't it? I mean, to think that nowadays guys can... People at least used to honour their contract. If they demanded a trade near the end, okay, sure. Now guys are signing a five-year extension and then demanding Mm -hmm. a trade after one year. It's just not on. It's not what on. I find crazy as well. I mean, it's been happening a bit for the last few years, and they talk about the you know the AAU ball and everything like that. But you see an NBA game finish these days, and every player and every team's almost like best mates with each other now. It's just strange. I mean, I was watching John Collins today after the the Hawks and Bulls game, and he was just you know mates with everyone from the Bulls and everything else like that. And it's like all these relationships there, and that's why you can see they sort of get together, you know, over a drink or a meal or something, and they start sort of you know almost plotting their escape from the team that they're at and trying to set up a better situation where I don't know I think players and, and, and teams probably had a little bit more pride back in the day and they tried to sort of build that team that they've got and try and beat all those guys and maybe sort of you know not try and join them all the time but you know that's probably me being a you know old man yells at cloud a little bit there but that's well, I'm with you mate that. I'll sit in my rocking chair next to you telling people to get off the lawn <laughs> I'm right it. there with you brother and, and and guys I mean we're talking about the cricket lately I know, I know US and Australians are not too happy about what's <laughs> happened with Justin Langer lately right Correct. But no, I mean, like, this more guy, than me. I mean, yeah, I still yeah, want I know, to I know, I know, I know, <laughs> Stewie's a bit dirty, but it, it comes back to that. It's happening here in Australia, right? I mean, this guy has, has, has won an Ashes, he's won a World Cup, but the players are like, yo, man, 
you know, we don't like this guy, right? So he's out, man, right? And I mean, like, you don't always like the people you work with, do you? I mean, I don't, right? But in the end, if, if someone gets results and they're successful and, and they're good at doing what they do, then you need to put that behind you and, and understand that the, the bigger picture is what you're looking at, right? So, and they're all pulling for the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Nate. So now Robbie, I know you said there's a lot of Lakers stuff, but we actually avoid the Lakers a fair bit. So I think we actually do have to touch on them for once because yeah, yeah. We, we hardly ever talk about them. So obviously there's this, there's a couple of things. LeBron seems to have revisionist history. Every team he's at, he makes them sign veterans to these huge contracts. So, for example, in Cleveland, there was J.R. Smith, there was Tristan Thompson. Sign these huge extensions, and then he buggers off, you know, leaving the Cavs <laughs> with these old guys that are on far too much money. And he yeah. seems to have forgotten that he was the one that pushed for Russell Westbrook. That trade didn't work. I can't believe that these questions are being asked, but legitimately, could we see LeBron traded this offseason? First thing, it'd be a big one if that happened, wouldn't it? Like, I, I don't think so. I mean, I just, I think with LA, they want to sort of keep him there. But it's interesting, they have been a bit reluctant to spend money and sort of going into the, the luxury tax there, which just seems strange for, for a team with that sort of market there. But yeah, it's interesting to see whether they, if they sort of think the writing's on the wall and this team's not going to get any further, they obviously need to try and get something out of it because I just don't think that's the Lakers' way. I think they'll sort of go down with the ship with them and try and, you know, add a few things there. But, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, it was, you know, seeing all that stuff at the All-Star weekend and just LeBron possibly planning a seat a little bit for that Cleveland return. You know, that's... I don't think he's exactly shown a lot of loyalty over the years either, LeBron. So he could easily sort of jump ship or, you know, form a new sort of super team somewhere. But yeah, I'd say probably no for a trade, but hey, who knows in this this crazy NBA? Yeah, LeBron, LeBron's our age, Nate Stewie, man. He's 37. I mean, 30, but 38. Like, I mean, he doesn't have a lot left. So for him to throw in the towel on a season like this, he may not have many seasons left where he can compete for a championship. So, I mean... It seems like the Lakers are thrown in the white towel, right, this year. Um, and he may not have you know, that many opportunities left. So, yeah. I'm glad you've opened the door for me there, Woody. So obviously the other thing at All-Star Weekend, and look, this has been bubbling around for a few seasons now, is the talk of him wanting to join a team that his son plays on. Now, a lot of people are saying yeah. he'll be a second rounder if he's lucky. If you're a team, would you draft Bronny to try and get LeBron across? Would that be a sound strategy, do you think? And... Is it borderline tampering? Hey, Nath, I'll throw it out there. Why does an NBL team try and get... <laughs> that's been doing the rounds on Twitter. Yeah, it's very possibly Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they'll um, be we, able to get we him take him, him. We take yeah. him. We take him. We take him. We take him. Yeah, yeah, whatever, man. All right. <laughs> uh, look, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, from what I'm hearing, uh, his stock has really gone down. I think he was originally sort of, you know, coming out of high school, predicted to be a first rounder. But like you said, Nath, he's sort of, you know, way down in the second round sort of predictions now. But I mean, who knows with some of those? The last I read, they had Usman Dieng, I think, at number 18 or something. And I haven't really seen a whole lot from him. So who knows how they work with these sort of draft boards and everything. But the yeah, I know what you mean. Is it going yeah, to be some sort of tampering? I mean, could you imagine if Bronny gets drafted by just, I don't know, the most obscure team? It would just be funny to see. I mean, I don't know. Pick a, pick a team that you just could Sacramento. not imagine LeBron. The, the yeah, Tri-State tri Hawks. <laughs> yes, like that and seeing LeBron have to go there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think it would be a major mistake. I think if a team did it, they'd get one year of LeBron at, what, age 40. I think I think you could actually hurt your team for five-plus years if you did it. it you might get – you get a sugar hit for a year, but I think long-term, <laughs> I think it would be a horrible strategy. Horrible. Yeah. Are those extra sales in the team store sort of worth it for, you know, five years of failure after that? So. Well, that's right. I mean, if you're not about wins, then, okay, maybe it is a good idea if you're just about money, but – Yeah, if it's Sacramento, you know, do that so you can have a bit of fun for a year, but – yeah, it's it's not great. It's not. A, I agree. It's not a great ploy. And, and just quickly going back, if Usman Dieng gets uh, gets drafted at eighteen, I, I'm just done with the NBA. Well, honestly. it's a weak draft. It is meant to be a weak draft. Yeah, but, but... still. Oh. <laughs> I mean, is Usman Dieng in the top? Well, he's he's obviously not in the fifth top fifty players in the NBL, is he? Of course not. He wouldn't be no. in that. So yeah, it's sort of. Uh, I'm just surprised, guys, that Hugo Besson is below. Yeah. Dieng in, in, in the draft stock, man. Like, is that just because he's a little bit older, mate? It's age, it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah, because yeah. Dieng is one of the youngest rookies, so he'll yeah. come into the league quite young, just like Giddy did. So it's yeah. it's all about potential with him. All about potential. 
Is he yeah. another Thon maker or something? Maybe <laughs> probably. <laughs> so Woody, we know yeah. that you're not just a basketball fan. We know that you're a massive cricket fan, and you've already indeed talked about it a little bit already with us. You said you had a cool little story for us. Yeah, so I guess um, growing up as a kid, Michael Jordan was one of my heroes, and the other hero is Muhammad Azaruddin. Yeah, nice. and um, I had a poster of him on my wall, and and then he got him brought enrolled in the whole uh, match fixing thing right and mm. so my mom ripped his poster off my wall and said like that nah, you're not following him anymore and so he was from Hyderabad and his nickname was the Hyderabadi stylist but I heard about this young kid coming through the ranks 15 years old his name is VVS Lakshman right uh, he's one of my favorites. he was coming he was coming through the ranks and uh, I told anyone that I knew that this kid VVS Lakshman was the next Muhammad Azaruddin right and uh, his first tour to Australia was the, uh, the tour in end of 99, early 2000. And we got uh, India. We got absolutely hammered by you guys. But um, in, in the first test of the century, you know, uh, January 2nd, 2000, India played Australia, the Sydney cricket ground. We went to every day and um, everyone was like, this, this VVS guy, he ain't shit, right? And it was Brett Lee's first series. Um, and your boy, Justin Langer, okay, he scored the worst 223 ever. Java Gul Srinath bowled him a couple of times off no balls. Venkatesh Prasad got him caught behind, but he still scored 223. You remember that, right? Yep. His highest test score. Um, and then on, on the last day, we were losing by an innings. I think we were, we were trolling by about 300. And it was the third day and VVS was opening. And I told everyone that I knew in the Indian community that, this guy was going to be great. And he did nothing the whole series. But on that last, last very innings he got, he got 167. An unbelievable innings. I'm looking at the scorecard right now. 167, 198 balls, 27 fours. And you know, with VVS, he never hit sixes. He just... Always along the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, he just, he just tapped the head. And then the fielder thought he had a chance. And then VVS scored his first test century. Very, very special Lakshman. Venkat was the first V in VVS and my surname is Venkat and he's along with Michael Jordan VVS is my absolute idol um and and he 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 what scored 9000 test runs 134 test matches became an all-time great and that was his first test 100 at the turn of the century and he, so and he went on to give us nightmares on many occasions as Aussie oh fans. yeah many yeah. occasions yeah, I, my, I was a big fan of VVS big fan VVS I mean, 281 yeah 281 man most that most Aussies will remember that that test in Kolkata in oh. sort of early 2001 where yeah we uh we, we made 445 bold India out for 171 and then think oh yeah, yeah no worries we'll, we'll put them back in again and it was yeah it was looking okay and then all of a sudden this this Lakshman and Rahul Dravid partnership just it, I still almost have nightmares about that to this day oh. so Mohammad Azaruddin was the original Hyderabad stylist but VVS Lakshman was his protege and Robbie I know you love Earth Boy the rapper yeah, right yep yep and in one of his raps he's like i follow on like laxman and Dravid. so <laughs> the, the, the 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 fact that earth boy drops vvs in one of his raps shows how great that is he sick. was and a great test on. player like put a prize on his wicket they, they just don't make him like they used to do they no and he just he was just brilliant man and i've got a i've got a jordan 23 and a laxman 22 hanging framed signed in in my house so and i guess the less we say now about the current tour of uh, australia's tour of pakistan the better uh last we saw we were what one for uh, sorry pakistan were one for 205 or something one, one for one for 241 <laughs> and you know what i'm not disappointed i'm uh, not disappointed but your boys are playing the sri lankans at the moment as well woody what are your predictions for those two series i mean we can't lose to sri lanka man come on Seriously, uh, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the score? Yeah, they picked up three, more wickets than I thought. Hey, they did three, well. It's for six, but I mean, Ravi Jadeja is doing well, and uh, yeah. Ravi Chandrashwini is from he's from Chennai, South India, where I'm from. So, oh, Pat I mean, nearly uh, had a ton as well. Yeah, they actually uh, they picked up in the end. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Ashwin really dug in and made a sixty or a seventy. Wouldn't surprise me at yeah. all. Yeah, really proud of him, man. He's he's from my town. So, can the Aussies win in Pakistan, Woody? Probably. It's going to be close. It's going to be a pretty close series. But I told you, Stewie, man, they should have picked two spinners today, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Well, you Travis, know, Head, you gotta, Travis Head was Travis bowling, bowling in the first session. 
First session. Yeah, in the, uh, so I told yeah. Stewie earlier today, man, you should have picked Ashton Ager, one of your guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, oh, he can oh, bat oh, too, so they should have. Oh, yeah. Well, Mitchell Swepson from Queensland, one of those guys should have played today. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, Robbie, I want to take it in a slightly, slightly different direction just before we get into one of our favourite uh, questions. There has been a very interesting 18-odd minute video coming out with Hutchie regarding the ownership of the Perth Wildcats. And you had a chance to watch that today. And we just wanted to quickly get your thoughts on that as obviously as a Wildcats fan. Yeah, definitely, Stuart. Look, it was interesting, obviously, you know, seeing the interview. We probably haven't heard a lot from Hutchie since the, you know, the sale went through with his sort of group there. And, I, you know, I probably found it interesting. You know, for me, my probably only introduction to Hutchie is just seeing him on some of those sort of AFL shows over the over the years and you know a lot of people making fun of him and those sort of things so that's kind of been my first memories but look I thought it was quite interesting he was quite candid the way he spoke there um you can tell it is kind of a long-term plan which I think was pleasing to hear that um, you know he said they were in it for the long haul there so it's not going to be something they try and you know just build up this business over a few years and try and flip it that was certainly the way of sort of talking there um but yeah look I, I, I thought it was reasonably sort of of promising what he spoke about there and look he's obviously he needs to sort of get over to Perth and sort of be amongst the team and, and everything else like that but yeah what, what were your thoughts sort of thoughts on that one there uh, Stewie? The biggest thing that I found interesting and Nathan and I have spoken about this at length was the whole when is he going to talk about divesting from yes. Melbourne United yes. and talking about mm. you know divesting down under 10% and being entirely passive in that sort of capacity that was yeah. the bit that I found most positive to take out of the whole thing. And he sort of, he said that sort of well, didn't he? That, you know, he finds out news about, you know, that Melbourne is the same as everyone else does sort of thing when a press release comes out. So he doesn't sort of have any inside information, which obviously shows how little his sort of stake is there. So yeah, that was pleasing to hear. But um, yeah, hopefully it's all good sort of going forward. It's funny because that really stuck out to me. And look, I, I kept a really open mind with Hutchie. I know a lot of people here in Perth were not happy at all at the prospect of someone from interstate purchasing the team. Yeah, but I was prepared yeah. to keep an open mind. But the, the divesting thing I found really interesting because in my opinion, even if it is only a piddly percentage, you should not have a foot in multiple camps. Mm. I don't care if mm. you find out press releases just like everyone else. If you hold even a 0.5 percentage in another team, I don't know, that's, that's a bit iffy for me. I don't think it should be allowed under league rules. You wouldn't see it happen in very many sports either, would you? Something no, like exactly. That. I mean, yeah. It does seem, yeah. does seem a conflict of interest for sure. It's, it's funny. I did have that written down. Is it still a conflict of interest? And it, it probably is slightly, but I, I guess, yeah, the fact that he, he was sort of referring to the Perth Wildcats as we rather than sort of referring to them as Perth or they or whatever, you know, yeah. really sort of referring to them as we, which hearing that from a guy from Victoria that actually means a lot to me. Well, I talked about on one of our episodes and it was probably nearly two months ago now, but seeing him on the um, courtside at a Melbourne United game with his son wearing a United jersey, it's just a weird... <laughs> and look, his son is from Melbourne. I don't begrudge him supporting United, but it's just so weird when his dad is one of the part owners of the Wildcats. And Yeah, true. So we like to... This is a bit of a showstopper. We like to, to leave with this question. And thank you so much, boys. You've been super, super generous with your time. So we really appreciate it. Especially because it's nearly midnight over there. Yes, indeed. And it's, it is. <laughs> it's, it's a late night. But what we like to ask our guests when they come on the show is the favourite sporting moment they've ever seen live. Now, it doesn't have to be basketball. could be anything. could be... I can't even remember the proper pronunciation of... Cubbity. Cubbity. Uh, it could be anything, uh, lads. Cubbity. 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 Okay. I'm still um, getting it wrong. Damn it. But you might you might want to give us a basketball and one other. We'll, we'll allow you to make the choice. Maybe we'll go to you first, Woody. Your favourite sporting moments that you've attended live. VVS's first test, 100, 167 at the Sydney Cricket Ground at the turn of the century. Yeah, unbelievable. And that was his first test century. He ended up getting 16 test century, uh, 17 test centuries, 9,000 test runs, 134 test, match, test matches, an absolute legend of Indian cricket. So um, all those people that like balked at me when I said that he was going to be great, they can eat it now. So, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah, and, and, and the other one would, would have to be um, me, my cousins, my family. We all wanted to go down to watch Sydney play Melbourne in Melbourne in the NBL. So back then it was the Tigers, right, guys? And CG43 had 50 on us. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Yeah, wow. And, and, and that remains the only 50-point game in, in the 40-minute era. And it was just unreal, man, right? It was unreal. 
And uh, so, yeah, so to, to see CG43 drop 50 live, and I was sitting courtside that day, uh, that, was, that was unreal, man. And I, I know you guys remember that. So. Oh, that's a great game to get courtside. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, so yeah, sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Guys are just in their bag and, and yeah, there's just sometimes you just got to tip your hat and say, well done. And it almost gets to the point where you're kind of like, okay, we're going to lose this one. Let's just enjoy this once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Sam Young really pissed me off that day. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just quickly did want to go back to you on, on this one. Going back to the, the whole Lakshman thing. That was a real yep. classy era. When you look at some of the batsmen that were through there, I mean, we, we've spoken about, sort of Raul Dravid, yet Saurabh Ganguly, obviously the little master in Tendulkar. That was, and, and, you know, even sort of early days, MS Dhoni, like there, there were some phenomenal classy cricketers coming through that. And not that India don't have them now, but I look at that and just say, that is a snapshot of me watching cricket when I'm younger and just seeing these guys that just play the most textbook perfect shots you can imagine. And then guys and like remember- Sahir Khan and, and some pretty yeah. good bowlers too, Harbhajan Singh. Uh, uh- and, and you remember the opening combination was Gautam Gambier and and Virinda Sehwag, and yeah. and a funny thing is, uh, and, and, and a funny thing is that in the first ever IPL, Virinda Sehwag played at the Delhi Daredevils alongside David Warner, right? Ooh. And 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 Virinda Sehwag said, hey, "Hey David, the field is up in Test match cricket, yeah. So just play your shots, man, and you can score runs." And and you can you can make big scores just because you're an aggressive player who's made his name in T20 cricket doesn't mean you can't be successful in the long format of the game. And if you look back on articles and you talk about David Warner and influences in his life, he talks about how much of a, a big part Virinder Sehwag played in influencing him to be the 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 four day the five four five day batsman he is now. So you look back on time and. Uh, yeah, just brilliant to see that uh, things like the IPL brings people from different cultures together. And the kind of influence Virinda Sehwag had on on David Warner, on his development to become a T20 cricketer, to become one of the greatest test match openers of all time is just amazing. So, yeah. it, it's funny you say that, Woody, because at the pub last night, I saw highlights of his knock against Pakistan when he had the triple century. The 335. Yeah, 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 just incredible, incredible. And, and, and Sehwag had a big part to play in, in the man and the player David Warner is today. So let's yeah, not forget that's that. That's a great, yeah, yeah. Are he and uh, Rohit Sharma the same person, Varunda Sehwag? Rohit Sharma is much more classical in the way he plays, right? Rohit's a better fielder too, I think. Yeah. And and you talk about having a good defensive technique and being able to put keep the ball out. Rohit Sharma is just an extension on that. So you can, if you can defend the ball well and you can punch the ball well to mid-off, mid-on, you can extend that game to driving a, a six you know so he's he's the type of cricketer who, who who can be successful in the long format and the short format so Rohit Sharma is just unbelievable man so um, mad shout out to the IPL and Indian cricket and how it's brought cultures together yeah absolutely and amen look as you know two guys sitting here who were, were lucky enough to go across for the world cup in 2011 and get to experience I went to what well, as I met about Nagpur well, we went and watched games in, in Bangalore. Uh, it, it, yeah, we were very fortunate to see just how amazing. I mean, we see it on the TV, obviously. You see the Indian crowds and just how over-the-top excited they get, not just for their own players, but for any of the visiting players as well. And, I yeah. remember people crowding around tiny, tiny little, like, 20-centimetre TVs outside of shops, you know, just to get a glimpse of the World Cup. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's a fantastic place to watch cricket. It really is. That's awesome, guys. And it's a game that brings people together. So, Absolutely. Robbie, what you got for us, mate? Yeah, look, I guess for me, I mean, being the basketball fan I am, I actually haven't, you know, I've still never attended an NBA game, which is, is quite sad, really. Um, I never really actually saw many of those clinching grand final Wildcats game wins over the years, you know. Um, and just to remind you, Woods, there has been quite a lot of them. Uh, but unfortunately, I haven't been able to sort of see those ones live. Um, you know, I, I love it. Right? I know, man. I know. Always <laughs> twisting the knife. <laughs> uh, that's it. And look, big NFL fan as well. I've never seen an NFL game apart from like an 
exhibition that game they had uh, here once, which which wasn't that exciting. So, look, for me, I think definitely the favourite live sporting moment would be the 2006 AFL Grand Final. So, you know, as I mentioned, I started going for the Wildcats in those early days. I was a you know a West Coast fan from from day one, and, and obviously still am now. So. Yeah, going to the MCG, I you know I went with my brother in 2005, so we were sort of you know there that you know first grand final and experience. Good year. Just that's how, a good one. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. no, you'd say that. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it almost ended up fair. I think that we got there was one each, but you know after sort of going down there, you know doing all the travel there, paying a lot of money to go, and then you know just having that heartbreaking loss in 05 was hard to deal with, and I think it just made it so much more special in 2006 there. And, you know, as I mentioned with my brother there, it was just a, a really special sort of moment I'll never forget. You know, I remember when the siren went, I just reached over to my brother and I'm, I'm quite a lot bigger than my brother. So I gave him this big bear hug, broke his glasses. They went flying off his head um, <laughs> just because I was sort of so so pumped up and everything. And yeah, that for me was just a, a really sort of special moment. I've got a, a, a signed sort of framed jersey um, from the grand final. All the players have signed and everything. It's one of the, the things in my lounge room, one of my other bits of memorabilia. But yeah, really sort of special moment now. And it's, it's crazy to think it's 16 years ago. I still sort of remember that day like nothing else. I was lucky enough to, to go to the, the 18 grand final as well. So I have sort of seen those two, um, you know, recent grand final wins. But yeah, that would be my favourite one. And look, as a bit of a backup, it's certainly, it's not really anything to, to speak home about, but I am a, a big Arsenal fan in the Premier League. So I did get to go over there in 2001 and attend a, a game at Highbury, which was always like a, a bit of a dream of mine to sort of go there. And obviously it's a bit more special now that, that you know, that's stadium's been demolished there but yeah seeing a, an Arsenal game they actually had a one-all uh, draw to Bolton that game so it was a bit of an ordinary um, result but my favourite ever player Thierry Henry um, scored the goal for Arsenal in that game so that was pretty cool so yeah they'd probably be my two favourite sporting moments um, I'd love to to add a, an Atlanta Hawks home game to that That that's my absolute dream to, to go to Atlanta and see a home game so that's um, hopefully something that I'll, I'll get to eventually. Yeah, nice. And and I guess for me as an Eagles fan, yeah, I went through the heartbreak the previous season and watching Nathan's elation as as obviously the the Leo Barry U star moment was yeah. an iconic moment. But for me, yeah, getting to obviously get that not even revenge, but you know, sort of get that that one all the next year and for it to come down to something like the Daniel Chick smother where he uh, sets up the goal to thinking, Adam Hunter, Daniel that was Chick. a, a yes. phenomenal, phenomenal <laughs> game. And, yeah, yeah. It was almost a shame we both couldn't have won both of them because they were such. Oh, it was fitting. It was one each. It really it was. was, wasn't it? It was. And, yeah. And great. a bit of a tease. We won't answer our own question, but for those that are interested, it's probably nearly a year ago now. So we do talk about our favourite sporting moments on episode 50, 60, and sixty-one, the Blokes Banter episode. So go and check them out if you're interested in. In we've we've seen a bit, haven't we, Shuey? We've, we've been pretty bloody we've, lucky, we've really. Done all right. Multiple done World all right. Cups, and I saw Kobe drop sixty-five. So yeah, go and listen to those ones if you nice, have the time. Nice, Robbie. Just quickly, that uh, was that after the days of Dennis Bergkamp. Um, no, he was still playing. So that team then, you know, um, Robert Perez, Perez Dennis Bergkamp, yeah, Freddie Lundberg, oh, um, Seaman was still the keeper, you know, Vieira, all that sort of old guard defenders, you know, Lee Tony Dixon. Adams. Um, yeah, Lee Dixon, Martin Did they Pino. legitimately have Dixon and Seaman on the same team? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're called Arsenal. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is hey, unintentional like, like those- comedy. <laughs> well, it's like those draft picks that Collingwood had all those years ago. Remember in the same draft, I think they had uh, Dick, Goldsack, Cox, and Goldsack. Yeah, 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 that yeah. was their three draft picks. So, <laughs> that, that's yeah. what Nathan takes out of that story. Yeah, I'm not a soccer guy, yeah, so that's the but best nah, I got. Stewie, great sort of memory, seeing that real historic Arsenal team before they went on to be the Invincibles and all those sort of you know guys were there. So I remember watching Thierry Henry sort of warm up because we got to the ground early and he was just doing some ridiculous stuff. I mean, I still say he's the best striker I've ever seen. I know other people will disagree, but you know, what he did in that time in the Premier League was just unbelievable to watch. It, it was certainly one of the most... Uh, it, it was almost like watching a poet at work sometimes, the, the way that he yeah. would go about it. I mean, people would talk about the Alan Shearers and the Teddy Sheringhams and those sorts of guys, but yeah, Thierry was just a touch of class that no one really had. 
my true thing for when I'm watching a sportsman I enjoy it if they kind of make me laugh out loud and I used to say that about Andrew Gaze he used to pull up on the break and get these crazy threes that were just so amazing they kind of make me laugh out loud and Andre had a little bit about that some of the things he did would they just made me laugh they were just so so special and you know no one else would do the same thing so yeah good memories there well, thank you, boys. You've been so generous with your time. We've had an absolute ball tonight, uh, spending a number of hours speaking to you on your show as well. So thank you, Woody, if ever you want to come and talk cricket. Robbie, if ever you want to talk APL or NFL, <laughs> give us a shout out. I know that on your show, you only talk basketball. So please give us a shout out. We'd love to have you again. But now's the time for you to plug your show and, and maybe tell our listeners, if they haven't heard you already, where to find you. Yeah, look, I guess, um, you know, we're pretty active on on Twitter there. So the Twitter handle is uh, at throwbacks with an S, hoops. Um, if you want to check us out on Instagram, we're at throwback.hoops. Um, look, we also give out our email address too, because we get a lot of requests for the show, ideas, um, you know, jersey suggestions that people want to see us wear. So um, you can just um, reach out to us and email us at throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, so TikTok, Woody underscore V83. Please follow us on TikTok. I mean, for the younger generation, people who uh, want to get into that, just jump on and follow me and you can just uh, have a look at our YouTube channel on there and, and follow us there. And one of the, the great things that you do is you, sh- you showcase all of the jerseys that you guys have on your shows yep. every week, which as a, a massive fan of jerseys, I love that sort of stuff. So yeah, definitely worth checking out. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it. No, I appreciate boys. you, man. So there you have it, everyone. There's the, there are the places to go to check out the boys. Thank you so much again. It's nearly midnight over in Sydney, so we'll let you go and have a nightcap. We'll speak to you soon, lads. Been a pleasure, boys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right, Stewie, you know what that music means. What do you have for? Well, really awesome smorgasbord in the NBL this week. Melbourne United have a couple of massive tests against Perth on Thursday and South East Melbourne on Sunday. But I'm also really interested in the Illawarra at Tassie game on Sunday. After what happened last time, big game for the Hawks. Yeah, much more exciting round than last week. Absolutely. And in the Scottish Premier League, Celtic welcome the Rosses of Ross County at Celtic Park. <laughs> Go Ross. How about yourself, mate? Well, I'm looking forward to the second test, but I hope it's not as much of a road as the first test was in Pakistan. My goodness. But also, will Pop get the new coaching record? Until next time, I'm Nathan. And I'm Stu. We are the Sport Blokes.